From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Whirling. And I'm Jared Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we have R&B all-star Streeter and the Tribe on the show with us. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week, we've got a local band that most music fans will consider a super group. You know, kind of like the Avengers, but with music. They go by the name of Streeter and the Tribe. The group has several permanent pieces, but ultimately can be seen in several configurations, given who may or may not be available for a given gig. Yet and still, if you really want to get the feel of this band, you can glean a lot from its leader. That would be Charles O. Streeter, a Memphis-bred drummer who spent the last decade on fire, playing behind globally beloved acts on stage after moving to Los Angeles to pursue music. Most recently, his resume includes tours with Jennifer Lopez and Tori Kelly, but he shared the stage with some legends, everyone from Whitney Houston and Shaka Khan to Prince and Lil Wayne. But of course, this is a super group for a reason. He's not the only one in the band with a diverse CV. Most of the other key roles in the group are occupied by musicians who have for years helped to make Memphis's local music landscape vibrant. When Streeter moved back home to Memphis a few years back, he grabbed up a collection of artists who are revered in their own rights and often in their own bands. That includes Thomas Crivens, guitarist of Black Cream, and vocalist Brittany Lauderdale and Stephanie Dahl McCoy of Adagio. The group is rounded out with players like D. Lamont Sanford, Chris Carter, Daryl Pruitt, Jarvis Payne, and many others who play at local churches, revolve in and out of treasured nightclub bands, and step out on tours occasionally. So if you get out and around Memphis to hear music, you'll likely recognize someone in this band. Here they are, Streeter and the Tribe, live on Bill Street Caravan. Come on. Y'all can clap your hands. Oh, come on. Hey. Sweet to me. Come on, ladies. 
Where the fellas at? Where the fellas at? Let me see you wave your hand, fellas. We got some for you. You gonna say this? I want some of your brown sugar. Sing it now. I want some of your brown sugar. Sing it one more time. Hey. Sounds so sweet to me. Take it back. 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 Come on. Thank you. 
from Streeter and the Tribe, live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was Streeter and the Tribe live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, follow them on Facebook. We'll be back with more music from the Tribe in just a bit. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. The song wasn't that difficult. The singer was darn near impossible. Guitar Slim showed up drunk to the recording session and only got worse. He spoiled songs in every known manner, plus his own new creative ways. He would drift right out of rhythm, right out of tune, right into the wrong verse. They were recording live, so every blown take cost money and cost them to start everything over. Then Slim really got into the song, but seemed to think he was playing a live gig and walked right out of the studio on his long guitar cord. The front door slammed behind him. The fellows in the band looked to the guy producing the session, but got nothing from him either. Not only was the producer a young man, he also played piano and led the band, and not only was he inexperienced and overburdened, the man was blind. Great. The star walks out of the session, and the producer's sitting there behind his sunglasses. Does he even know what just happened? Then they heard him growl, and stay gone. A big tooth grin flickered across the face of Ray Charles. Twenty-six takes, he said. Well, I think we got the intro down. Slim slunk back in. Ray's heart went out to Slim. He could feel Slim's suffering, but now... Slim had spread that suffering around the recording studio and made up Ray's mind to give the bum one last chance. Take 27, he said, and not a penny more. The thing that I used to do Lord, I won't do no Slim gouged into the song on the verge of breaking his last string or blowing out his amp. The band went with him. The musicians held their breath, restless on the edge of their seats, waiting for Slim to fall apart. Slim broke tempo, but stayed close enough to sound raw rather than wrong. The band looked to Ray. He shook his head and didn't skip a note. Slim slipped a chord, but the band kept going. Ray felt his stomach tighten, his heart pounded. The breaths came short and shallow. He could hear Slim's calluses scraping on the strings. He could hear the hornmen inhaling raspy through their noses. He could hear every bad note separately, clearly on its own. It hurt. But Slim had nearly dragged himself through three minutes, not perfectly in time or in tune, but as close as he was going to get. They nearly reached the end of the endless song, just another moment. And then Ray's relief and excitement burst out of him a little prematurely. Cosmo, the little guy engineering the session, laughed. Okay, one more time without the shout. Everyone chuckled, stood up, and stretched like the end of a long bus ride. They closed up their cases and headed in separate directions. With his sunglasses on, Ray exited the hot little studio into the New Orleans night. Though barely 21, Ray had been around. He left his home in Florida and got as far away as possible to Seattle, Washington. He'd zigzagged across the Chitlin circuit leading Lowell Folsom's band through the Southwest. He learned how money felt, not in some poetic coming-of-age way. If Ray couldn't tell a $1 bill from a 20, 
these people out on the road would rob him blinder. Independence was a matter of life and death. Ray had to take care of himself. Fortunately, his ears made up for his eyes. Of everywhere he'd been, Ray enjoyed listening his way around New Orleans, best of all. He had two miles to go from the recording studio to the Dewdrop Inn. His path led straight down Rampart Street through what the neighborhood locals called back of town. Virtually all the city's colorful legends known all over the world began as secrets back of town. French quarter sounds trailed away from Ray. Drunken clarinet and woozy trombone. Ghosts played in Ray's mind past the corner of Basin Street. Ferd Morton sang, I thought I heard Butter Bolton say, nasty, dirty, take it away. Ray smelled chop suey, peanuts roasting, bay rum. He knew intersections by the sound of traffic in front of him. A junk dealer called to him. Say man. Say man. And the crave itched deep inside. He felt the coldness of the dealer's soul. The dealer saw something in Ray and knew. Ray kept stepping. At last, he heard the dewdrop jukebox record playing. Patsy Vidalia screeching. She was a he. Patsy, who talked like a woman pretending to be Ricky Ricardo from I Love Lucy, she meant Ray was home. Ray pushed in the front door and took a seat at the bar. A man named Frank Panier ran the dewdrop. He looked after the musicians who performed on the dewdrop stage and lived in the rooms on the second floor. He even tolerated Patsy. Frank poured Ray a glass of scotch over ice and asked how Slim did. Terrible, Ray answered. He sipped the top off his scotch. Biggest damn hit of the year. Success bother you? Frank asked. Ray said, Slim took five hours to finish three minutes work. I can read Beethoven with my fingertips. I can sense the pain that man was in when he composed Moonlight Sonata. Just as surely as Ray walked without a cane from the French Quarter to the Dewdrop, he had no plans to lean on Guitar Slim any longer. He was right about the song, though. The things that I used to do made it to number one and stayed on top for three months. That song made Ray's dilemma crystal clear. His own records hadn't reached the heights of Guitar Slim. Ray hadn't yet discovered how to communicate his unique vision of sound. He said, I love Nat Cole so much. What he's doing is so close to how I feel, it can't help but rub off on me a little. I want to tell you a story Of a boy who was once in love Ray lay in his room at the dewdrop. His brain arranged ornate compositions for imaginary orchestras but more primal music hit him through the wall. He heard loving sounds from a couple next door. Ray chuckled. Grunts and groans from the bedroom rocked back and forth like call and response in church. He felt it, the joy. If he could bottle that in song, he'd be a millionaire. Ray got up and went to work on the piano down in the dewdrop lounge. He thought about the blind walk back of town. He brought that hunger from the street to his vocals and married it to the joy of the bedroom. Ray pulled the yearning and thrills through every syllable. Well, I got a woman way over town that's good to me. 
That song launched him on the road for 300 nights a year. No Lowell Fulson, no Guitar Slim, no Nat Cole imitations. Just the genius running his fingers over Ben Franklin's face. One of those nights found him near Pittsburgh. He had a sharp band behind him. He had new backup singers, a female trio he named the Raylettes. He also had a problem. The man holding the briefcase full of money said that they had another 10 minutes to go on the contract. Ray was out of material. Silence settled over the stage. He felt the Raylettes' eyes on him. He stood and counted his footsteps over to the Wurlitzer organ. They looked at each other as Ray struck up a song like a lightning bolt. He shook during the first note. Then he began to rock back and forth in his herky-jerky fashion. The drummer caught on fast. The dancers did too. They packed the floor. That big grin broke over Ray's face as he thought about his old room at the dewdrop. He grunted, and the Raylettes groaned back. When they were through, Ray's fans mobbed him to ask where they could buy the record. He said, uh, it don't exist yet. to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from Memphis Travel, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you who are just tuning in, we've got the star-studded soul of Streeter and the Tribe on the show today. Drummer Charles Streeter started the group just a few years back with the vision that they play covers. 
That didn't last long, though, Streeter says. Folks were busy, and I bet pretty tired of playing covers at their own gigs. So it wasn't until he called up as many of his friends who play around town as he could muster to record a loose jam in the studio that original material started to eke out of the session. It was that fervor to create together that began as the gel for this group. Aren't we lucky that they figured it out? Their shows feel loose and free, even as they are pretty tight in a technical sense. It can be imposing to see this huge, united front on stage, but the ensemble's lead singers have this relaxed vibe that pulls you along with them, and it's pretty fun. Yes, we've all seen bands with makeups that are similarly composed, from Azamatli to Earth, Wind & Fire, P-Funk and beyond. It might be hard to keep up with who's on stage, but it ain't hard to get swept up in the party. And how about we get back to the party ourselves? This show is just too good not to share. Okay, JB, let's do that. Here's more from Streeter and the Tribe, live on Bill Street Caravan. So this song right here, y'all, is another original by the Tribe, yay! It hasn't been released yet, but it will be. And this song is uh, telling a story about a woman, me, or any women that can relate. You just, sometimes you get in these situations and you just, you know, you give everything you got. You don't know what to do. Sometimes you use alcohol or a getaway or whatever. But this is what this song is about. About breaking yourself free from the lies that people tell you. Y'all know what I'm talking about? No? Y'all never been lied to? All right. Share with us. Maybe it's just a trap. I don't know yeah. if it's Break it down. So, <laughs> if you don't like profanity, go ahead and get, go to the restroom. Love you. But it's real, it's real, it's real. So we hope you enjoy this one. Oh. 
Instead of here, we're so 
Jared J.B. Boyd, we're here on the Bill Street Caravan with my brother, Charles Street. Charles, how you doing today, brother? Man, doing good. Thank you for having me, brother. Everything cool? Everything yeah, right? man, everything's good, man. Just happy to be okay, to be safe. My kids safe, you know what I mean? My mom's safe. My sister's out in L.A. safe, so all my loved ones have been cool. Tell me about your life and your career. You're born and raised in Memphis, right? Yeah, I'm born and raised in Memphis, man. I uh, went to Doubletree Elementary, shot out Doubletree. Yeah. Um, then I, I went to Westwood junior high uh, in the seventh grade, and I moved to Atlanta in the eighth grade. My mom and stepdad, uh, my grandfather, who pretty much raised me and bought me my first drum set, he passed away, and I moved back um, to Memphis in the ninth grade and ended up going to Whitehaven. 
marching the band, jazz band. I was a drum major, uh, section leader, one of the section leaders in the band, in the drum section in the marching band. Uh, then I went to University of Memphis for two and a half semesters, and me and a lot of my friends, shout out to New Genesis, uh, <clears throat> we all decided to pack our things up and move to Los Angeles to pursue our dreams. We all moved out there. I slept in my car for two weeks. It was rough, but we all knew we had a dream that we wanted to pursue. Growing up in Memphis, of course, our culture, our history is amazing. It's something in the water, something in the food. Uh, but it's not like the days of old where if you were a musician, you can go play with Al Green or you didn't have to leave or you didn't have to look far for work. And for us, we looked around and it was like, only thing we can do is play on Bill Street and play at church or play in a community choir or gospel choir. There's nothing wrong with it, but still, it, it was a ceiling of what you could do here in the city. So we decided to leave to achieve the goals that we that we had to pursue playing on the big stages with the big artists. Back then, they had Isaac Hayes and Al Green and people, all these big acts coming out of Memphis. But in our generation, we didn't have that. So. With us moving there, you know, we've been blessed and, and fortunate enough to play almost every major gig with every major artist, period. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've all been blessed enough to all, all of us, there's not too many major gigs in the world that there's not a Memphis musician on it or right. someone who's working in the audio field from Memphis. So we've been blessed, thank God, you know, I've, I've been able to tour with uh, Shaka Khan. I toured with her for seven years um, and right after that I, started playing with the Jacksons, left that gig, started playing with uh, Jennifer Lopez. I've been with her off and on for like five years. Um, then started touring with Tori Kelly, uh, Stephanie Mills, Layla Hathaway, uh, Jesse McCartney. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to do those things. Moving back home, um, I moved back home to pursue other dreams that I had. Being able to always say that the issue we have in Memphis is that we raise greatness but a lot of people move away and be great and never come back and be great. I would rather be here for people to reach out and touch me, reach out and have a conversation with me, or if there is a gig that comes up and somebody needs a background singer, say, hey, yo, call such and such, or give such and such a chance. Um, so it's great to be back. And then of course with the tribe, I had that idea um, to start a band. Actually, we want to be a cover band at first. I was like, I'm gonna form this super cover band of the who's who of Memphis, uh, the people that I could get, because there's a lot of, a lot of amazing musicians here, but the ones that I could reach out and touch, uh, I called them up and it seems like we could never get together for a rehearsal, because uh, I was gonna start booking gigs for us and stuff, and then next thing you know, I was like, yo, whoever, who's ever free, let's just get together and see if we can create something, you know, let's just create a vibe. And more than half the band showed up and birthed our EP. Out of nowhere, so we was like, whoa, maybe we should be an artist, you know what yeah. I mean? And not just uh, your cliche, just a cover band. Sure. Of course we do covers, we do a lot of the covers that we like to hear or, or that we want to play, not your average covers, uh, but that's pretty much how we got started, man. Talking about, I mean, having such a huge contingent of working musicians who were born and raised in Memphis and, and were living in L.A., was it interesting to sort of be in, in such a large group of, of Memphis artists and, and being able to covet that history so far away from home? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, for us, I feel like we all know we can be our own worst enemy, but there's an unspoken, I gotta be great mentality that everybody has. And also too, Memphis can be brutal. If you ain't no game, 
people will tell you or people will show you or make you feel that vibe of like you need to go home and practice. And that's why I think we have birthed a lot of great musicians because there, there's not a whole lot of pie and everybody's fighting for this little piece of pie. There's a different vibe here. They say it's something in the water, but everybody named Mama here can play. If you can walk down the street, you'll never know that there's an organist or a drummer that's walking past you that's probably bad and you'll never know because they probably just play at a church and and have to work a nine to five. Um, back to this night, uh, where, where you were able to play with the tribe at Crosstown Concourse in the green room. Mm -hmm. Does that mean, I mean, any, anything you, that jumps out at you from being able to have that experience here? The vibe, the vibe of the room, uh, meeting some people who lived in the building and just came to the show. You know, they didn't know who we were. I had a guy come up to me and he was like, man, this was like watching Parliament in their heyday. And also Paul Taylor said the same thing, which is so crazy. It was like a uh, uh, guy trying to tell me something. I don't know. Two people come tell me the same thing and they don't know each other. Just to have new people being exposed to people who didn't know we existed. You know what I mean? And not only that, the vibe of the room. It's like you're in a someone's big old living room. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. For sure. The set list that night, uh, could you Tell us a bit about what people will hear on this broadcast and, mm -hmm. and, and why those songs uh, are a part of you guys' repertoire. We want to do songs that you don't hear played live on your everyday basis. A hit is a hit. Nothing wrong with playing hits, and especially if you need to provide for your family, go play those hits. It's nothing wrong with it. But for us, especially being that we are an artist as, uh, as well and not just a cover band, we like to pick songs that we like. Also, too, what co coincides with our type of music, our songs. It's, I don't, I don't want to say it's R&B, I don't want to say it's soul. To me, it's just feel-good music. We try to make music, or we make music that crosses all ages. Everybody can relate. There's something in there that can pull you in. So with our set list, we try to pick songs that coincides with our original songs versus our original songs trying to coincide with cover tunes. Appreciate you, my brother, for coming by the Bill Street Caravan. We're excited for you guys, and I know this music will be healing to our listeners, and you guys got a new single. Tell us a little bit more about that before we get out of here. Yes, it's on all streaming platforms. Pandora, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music. It's on everything. Whatever you listen to your music on is there, and it's uh, I-K-E by Streeter and the Tribe. S-T-R-E-E-T-E-R -E 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 and the Tribe. Right. Brother Streeter, thanks so much. Man, thank you for having me, brother. You will. You too. Here's more from Streeter and the Tribe, live on Bill Street Caravan. This is one of my favorite songs by Shaka Khan. When this boy go with... Charles gonna sing it. Go ahead. And Carlo, where are you? He done went home. Lord, the gig is not over. Come get the mic. Oh, the mic's fan right here.
<laughs> that was Streeter and the Tribe, live on Bill Street Caravan. For more info on the band, visit them on Facebook. And to hear their past recordings, find them on SoundCloud. They've enjoyed a recent spike in visibility here in town, resulting in some key gigs. But when they aren't officially sharing the stage, most of the men and women of the group are doing what they do best, jamming out each Tuesday night as a loosely assorted house band for Streeter's open mic event at Hernando's Hideaway here in Memphis in Whitehaven, just near Graceland. So, if you're in town, pick a Tuesday and go see them. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley, and I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Thank you.